thank you for, uh, for joining us today, uh, wherever you're watching from. I'm not sure if you guys have asked yet, but uh, some, some of the things that we do for online, where I'm always asking people, hey, where are you watching from? Uh, because one of the most incredible things that's happened for our church, uh, the house LA during this last year and a half, is that people have been watching our church from all over the world and cities and states that I was like, I've never even been to that location, but people are watching in. So it's always fun, especially you, you're, you may be watching online right now and your neighbor is also watching as well. And when you chat and you say, hey, I'm in Austin, they go, I'm also in Austin. Which street? I'm on Riviera Street. I'm on Riviera Street. And then your best friends and you guys can watch church online uh, together. So that's going to be, uh, that'll be a fun thing. Hey, I just want to say how much we love your pastors. How much we love your pastors, Julie and Christina. They're just dear friends of ours. We love them so much. And I just want to honor them. They've been so, uh, just not only great friends, but your church has actually blessed our church. And so when we started as a church, we reached out to a couple friends and we said, hey, we got this thing in our heart. And pastors Philip and Holly are like, hey, we want to bless you. And then Julie and Christina uh, jumped in as well. And they said, hey, we want to bless on top of that blessing, on top of that blessing. And so um, all of the incredible things that our church has gotten to be a part of over these last, um, especially over these last two and a half, our church is only two and a half years old. And a year and a half of it has been this. And so uh, a large percentage of it. And it. But I will say this, it has been good. It's been good because God is good and God uh, specializes in taking difficult situations. And he goes, watch this, watch this, watch this. I'm going to make you good. I'm going to make you good. That difficult situation, that thing that you're facing. He's like, and it's kind of like those master chef programs. are like, here's your three ingredients, wilted lettuce, a can of beans, and this corn on the cob. You have 10 minutes and you're like, I quit. I'm out. And God's like, no, no, watch this, watch this, watch this. We're going to heat up this pan a little bit. We're going to blanch that, uh, that, that old romance. And you're like, what? What are you doing with this? And we're going to mix it all together. And then we're going to fire roast that corn. And we're going to turn this thing together. Come on. God is doing something in all of this. And let me just say over these last, uh, I was going to say 18 months, but I've lost track of whatever. Since March of 2020, um, uh, that our church has really leaned into serving in our community. And because our city said, hey, you can't meet us at church. Um, you can't, you know, two or three are gathered. You can't even do that. But I said, can we get like 50 or 100 of us together to serve the city? They're like, yeah. I'm like, okay, fine. We'll be the church in action. And so we've gotten to uh, serve groceries to people every single week, every single week. And at the height of it, uh, there was over 700 families every week. And they'd get in a car and they'd wait for two hours and they'd come around and we'd say, hey, God bless you. We'd put the groceries in their trunk and give them a little invite card, let them know, hey, and they had three lines. We love you, we're with you, we're praying for you. And that was it, like, you know, masks and, you know, visors and everything like that. And you're kind of putting it through the window. Um, but as Oasis has sown into and blessed our church, you are a part of that. So if you've ever seen something like that, and you go, man, I wish our church did something like that. Let me tell you, it does. It does. Someone said amen. All right. Um, we're in a series as a church. I said we, I guess. <laughs> Just so comfortable here at Oasis. Uh, Oasis is in a series uh, called Battles and Blessings. Did I get that right? Battles and Blessings. We're going through the book of Joshua. And I've never, I never do this, but I've, I prepared a message just for Oasis. And usually it's something I feel like God's been speaking to me uh, for our church or something like that. And specifically, 
uh, this week here at Oasis, we are going to go through Joshua chapter 9. If you're taking notes, like Jamaica said, with a pencil, (laughs) you can write down, you can take it to the pencil sharpener, you can twist it, and you can write this phrase with your pencil and a piece of paper. Who even owns paper anymore? (laughs) It's like someone's like going to the printer, (laughs) the printer paper. And you can write this phrase down, am I too busy to pause? Am I too busy? Look at that person next to you say a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Am I too busy to pause? And we're going to go to the book of Joshua, chapter number nine. We're going to read some verses together. If you haven't read your Bible yet today, this might count for it because we're going to read so many verses together. Now we're jumping into the middle of the passage because I love to give context uh, because I also want to like help teach people. I don't want to just inspire them. I want to give them tools. I want to show them like, hey, this is an incredible thing. You can have a relationship with the Lord. You can grow in your walk with God. And then here's the tools how to do that. And sometimes I give too much context. And so I'm working on, you know, making it more bite-sized context for people. So Joshua chapter nine, verse number three, I'm reading out of the New Living. It says this, but when the people of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done to Jericho and Ai, we're going to get to that in a minute. They resorted to deception to save themselves. And they sent out ambassadors to Joshua, loading their donkeys with weathered saddlebags and old patched wineskins. They're trying to make everything look really old. They put on worn out patched sandals and ragged clothes. And the bread that they took with them was already dry and moldy. They took a bunch of old stuff with them. And then when they arrived at the camp, I'm sure they put on a look on their face like, oh, just we're in a really long journey. And they told Joshua and the men of Israel, we have come from a distant land to ask you to make a peace treaty with us. The Israelites replied to these Hivites, well, how do we not know that you're not from across the street? How do we not know that you are not a part of the land that God promised to us? And they answered, oh, no, 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 no. Your servants have come from a very distant country. It's kind of like when someone says that, you know, if you remember back in middle school and high school, you got a boyfriend, you got a girlfriend. Yeah, they, they don't go to the school. That's essentially what they just said here. No, no, we, we just, it's from, a, from another area. You, you wouldn't know them. We've come a very distant country. Oh, and by the way, this is where they finally tell the truth. We have heard of the might of the Lord, your God, and all that he did in Egypt. We have also heard of what he did to all these other people. So verse 11, so our elders and all of our people in charge says, hey, take supplies for a long journey. It's gonna be so far. Go meet with the people of Israel and tell them, we're your servants, just make a treaty. Just make sure we're all good together. This bread was hot from the oven, man. I made it myself. I got into sourdough during these last 18 months. I'm really into it. And man, I made this and I just brought down as old and, and molded these wineskins. They were, they were new when we filled them, but now they're old. And they're all split. This clothing, this was from a fresh drop and now it's all worn out. Everything was just brand new and now it's all worn out. The Israelites examined their food, but they did not consult the Lord. Then Joshua made a peace treaty with them. They just made a quick examination, a rash decision. They looked at what their eyes could see and what made sense to them. And then Joshua says, all right, this seems okay. He made a peace treaty with them and he guaranteed their safety. And the leaders of the community ratified the agreement with a binding oath. We promise that we will always be on your side and you will always be on our side. We will never attack you. We'll never take over your land. Three days after making this treaty, they learned that these people actually lived 
across the street. They lived nearby. That these people actually occupied a land that God said, I'm going to give you that spot right there. Israelites said at once to investigate and they reached the towns in three days. They're like, oh my goodness, it is true. They're only three days. And the names of those towns were Gibeon, or excuse me, Gibeon, Kephira, Beeroth, and Kirathjurim. Lands that were promised to them, but now because of pressure and rash decisions, they would lose. When things get busy, you can miss important stuff. Am I too busy to pause. Have you ever gotten so busy that you forgot something important? A friend texted me literally today. I texted him like a month ago. Actually, not a month ago. It was like two weeks, but it felt like a month. I texted him like a couple weeks ago. Hey, how are you doing? Thinking about you, man. I had actually a prophetic dream about you. I'm praying for you. He hit me up today. He's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I totally lost track of time. Bye, bye, bye. I'm just like 17 text messages. Have you ever missed someone's text message and you just got busy and you replied in your mind? And you're like, yeah, I, we had a conversation, Mandela effect. It actually happened. And they're like, no, it never happened. How about this? Have you ever missed an appointment? You just got so busy and you're like, you're, you know, your phone calendar goes up. You are due across town now. And it's like, okay, I, I don't think I'm just going to be late. I think it's just not going to happen. Have you ever missed a friend's birthday? Have you ever missed a friend's birthday? That is terrible. That is absolutely terrible. You're just like scrolling through social media and you're like, oh, everyone's hanging out. That's cool. Oh, oh. There's a table setting. Yeah, it's got my, no one's sitting there. That, that was mine. Yeah, I'm supposed to be there right now. For the married people, have you ever forgotten an important date in your marriage? Like, and it changes all the time depending on who you're married to. It's like not just the anniversary. This is the anniversary, the first time that we held hands. There's an anniversary for that? Yes, because, okay, that's an anniversary. How about this? Uh, you know what's worse than missing an anniversary uh, or worse than missing a friend's birthday is missing your own child. I'm gonna tell you an honest to God story. This happened to me not too many, not too long ago with your pastor, Julian and Christina. Julian, Christina, and I, and, and Vanessa, we're all in a Starbucks, right? A Starbucks. And Julian's like, I want to go to this specific Starbucks. I'm like, great, let's go. Let's all roll together. Because I'm like, we're not showing up separate. If we're do, like, I believe that if you're going to do community with people, you actually do community with people. You're not just on their cute days, but we're going to drive together and we're going to fight over where to park. We're going to actually do this together. So we get in the Starbucks. We're all having a great time. And then you will never believe the calendar invite that opened up on my phone. Boo dude, don't forget to pick up Winston today because it's early dismissal. And so I'm sitting there with Julian, we're ordering our drinks, having a great time. Four of us just hanging out. A little double date, Studio City, having a great time. I'm like, Julian, I'm so sorry. I actually need you to speed, not drive. I need you to speed across the valley. And we're going to go pick up my son in your car that doesn't have a car seat for my son. Because I'm not later on in life going to go pay for therapy because my son is standing out on the sidewalk for two hours and he's hanging out with the custodians and all the staff because dad forgot. And so, yes, we're going to drive across town. Winston, just buckling. I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> we had to drive home. Just sometimes when you get too busy, you forget stuff that's important. Here's some background on this text. Joshua is leading Israel into conquest. God told them, hey, when you go across this land, this land I have given to you. 
This land I've given you, it is yours. And he starts it out, be strong and courageous. Be strong and very courageous. Be strong and courageous. And we hear an echoing of the same words that he told Abraham, everywhere that you place the sole of your foot, that is a part of the promise of God. And he said, do not make any promises. Don't make any rash judgments. Don't do any of this when you get into that land because when you get into that land, that land belongs to you. It's part of your inheritance. It's part of your children's inheritance. It's part of Israel as a nation, as a, as a nation in the covenantal community of God. They and their relationship with the Lord, the Lord's like, I'm gonna bless you. And here's part of that blessing. The Gibeonites, people in that land, hear about God's promise and they're like, dang, we are next. They see Jericho fall. One of the most fortified cities in that area, it falls. The walls were so thick that two chariots could ride off on the same wall side by side. So we're not talking about you're just driving down a thin road or if you've ever been to Europe and they've got these roads that are like six feet too small for any vehicle. We're not talking about those. We're talking about these walls were so wide that two chariots can go on them opposite directions and slap a high five to each other. And those walls crumbled and fell. And Israel took that land. And then they go on to the next area and they go to a town called Ai. Come on, if you're watching right now online, even if you're by yourself, someone say Ai. Come on, even if you're online, you can write it with your pencil right now. Ai, you can write it. So they go up to Ai and it's a small area. And so they thought to themselves, hey, we don't, know, we don't need to go big. We don't need to go big or go home. Hey, let's just send a small amount of people. And instead, they thought it would be so easy. They thought it'd be so easy. And so when they thought that AI would be easy, they were, there's like a certain level of arrogance or pride in your heart that I don't need God for this. And because of that, they lost the battle. Then God told them, here's how you're gonna go back in and take over AI. They go back in, take over AI. So the Gibeonites see this. They go, no one is surviving Every step that the Israelites take, it's like God is with them and the fear of God is throughout the land. So they go, okay, look, we got to get a little bit tricky. So they take some old bread, old clothes, old gear, old everything, and they start getting really vague. Yeah, no, no, we're from a city you've never heard of. From a country super far away, you yeah, you'd never even be there. Are you sure? I've traveled quite a bit. Nah, nah, you'd never been there. Are you sure? Nah, nah, you wouldn't even know them. They go to a different school. They were so vague about it. Write this down. When things are vague, you have to define or ask for definition. When things are vague, you have to define or ask for a definition. Vagueness is rarely a good sign. The only time vagueness is a good sign is if you're married and your spouse is like, I've got a surprise date for you tonight. I, we're going to a restaurant, we're going to all these spots, it's gonna be great. And then it, depending on who's planning it, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited for this and I hope it ends the way that I want it to end. I'm okay with this level of vagueness. But other than that, vagueness is not good. Like if you were buying a car, you're like, hey, what's the history on this car? Like, yeah, yeah, we took pretty good care of it. Like we've done most of the stuff. I'm sure, I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure it's fine. Like that wouldn't, no one would buy a car with that level of vagueness. 
No one would buy a car and they're like, hey, what's that sound? You're like, you know, I'm sure it's fine. It just makes that noise when it's above 100 degrees out. And so what you have to do is you have to kind of turn the AC to two, zero, two, zero, and then three and leave it on three. And then you have to roll the window up. And when you roll the window up, you're going to guide it up. I'm not sure how, how it works or how I figured it out, but that is what I figured out that this is the way that this works. You have to define or you have to ask for definition. Have you ever been hanging out with someone and you think that you're friends or you might be more than friends? And so everything that they say or every time that they introduce you, you're leaning in. How are they going to introduce me right now? Oh, this is my, and if they pause, like, this is my like friend. And you're like, oh, okay, there's some, some possibilities. This is my uh, friend from church. Oh, okay, that's not as good. Just that means we're just friends because we go to that same building or is in the same community. Okay. This is my buddy. Oh, it's over. It's over. If you can introduce this buddy, it's just, it's the death of it. It is over. You have to define it or bring definition. You have to be like, hey, what is this? Or how about this? If you've ever done business with a friend, I love, I love when people get excited about doing business stuff. I'm like, that's great. I'm going to pray for you. This last year, I, I kid you not, so many businesses and professions were started in our church in a downturn, in a terrible economy. And people are like, Pastor Wes, I've making more. I, they're like, feel bad about it. They're like, I've made more money than I've ever made. And I honestly, and they're giving and they're blessing. And they're like, I, they're almost like sheepish about it because they're like, everyone else is like, you know, and not that there's not people struggling, but people are just like, I, I've, I've never seen this level of blessing of God in my life. And that, I feel that that's just an anointing on our church because we actually do something with that. But when people get together in business, they're like, they're, they're so nostalgic about it. Have you ever seen two people, dude, we're going we're gonna to start a business together. We're, dude, we're going to start a business, and it's going to be one of the greatest businesses ever. Sorry, cameraman, you guys have to keep up with me. I saw that they're like, ah! Um, like, we're going to get this all together. We're going to make some stuff happen. It's going to be so exciting. And then sometimes somewhere a mentor or someone who's ever been in business, like, hey, have you guys talked about, like, splits? Have you guys talked about who owns what percentage? No, we'll just figure it out. It'll be good. You need to define or bring definition. How about family life? Who's picking up the kids from school? When things are vague, you have to bring definition. Israel in this story, they didn't pause. They presumed For many of us, we live as if we are in a game with a 24-second clock. I'm going to make a decision. I've got to make this thing happen. I've got to do this. This is all on me. I've got to get this off. I've got 24 seconds to make this happen. When in fact, it's probably just that we're being impatient. We see those commercials. Have you ever seen those commercials like, act now? And we're like, that's so dumb. Who would ever act now? And then when Amazon is Prime Day, we're like, I gotta act now. There's 24 hours to say, what am I saving on? Pens. And, and a special dog mat. My dog has been needing that mat. And I've got 24 hours. We, we pretend as if we live in these moments where we have to make decisions right now. And we take that over into bigger decisions as well. I've got to make the decision about this job. I've got to make the decision about this relationship. I've got to make this decision now, now, now. And then what happens is we make decisions. And just like we saw in Joshua, verse 16, three days later, they find out the truth. 
You know, wisdom is known over time. Wisdom is known, the book of Proverbs says that wisdom is known by its fruit. Fruit takes time. The result for them was that something that was theirs as a promise from God would now be partially lost. Another way to say it is some things look really good on paper, but terrible in heaven. Some deals look really good on a balance sheet, but they will bring down your soul. Some relationships look good on the gram, but they'll lead you away from God. When you feel pressure to make a decision, I've got to make a decision, I've got to make a decision. When you feel pressure, pause and pray. When you feel, I've got to make a decision, I've got to make a decision, I'm looking at the loaves of bread, it makes sense. I'm looking at the, the, the bags of wine, I'm looking at the saddles, I'm looking at the clothes, I'm looking at all of this. It makes sense to me externally, when, and I've got to make a decision, I've got to make a decision. And when you feel that pressure, you have to pause and pray. God will never take it against you or hold it against you when you're like, God, I'm not sure what to do in this situation. I feel like I need to make a decision right now. I'm feeling the pressure of this moment right now. God, I don't know what to do. I feel like this job has given me this offer. They've only given me until 4 p.m. It's two o'clock right now. I have to respond to them by 4 p.m., but it's gonna require me to possibly even move to another state. I'm gonna lose my community. I'm gonna lose my church, but I'm gonna make a ton more money. God, I feel pressure, but will you speak to me right now? Because it looks good on paper, but I don't want something to look good on paper and it to cost me in the end. You are not led by pressure. You are a son or a daughter of the king and you are led by his presence. Romans 8, 14 says, for as many as are led by the spirit of God, they, they are the sons of God. You are not led by pressure. I've got to make a decision. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. Like, like, especially like in our social media days where it's like, if you don't post something at the exact moment, at the exact day, it's like, there's this pressure, pressure, pressure. You're not led by pressure. You're led by the spirit of God. You're led by his presence. As many as are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. How about when Proverbs 3, 5 tells us, hey, trust in the Lord. Trust, not in the seasons, not in the times, not in the pressure, trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't depend on your own understanding because your own understanding will say, look at the saddles, look at the donkeys, look at their sandals, look at the bread, look at everything makes sense on paper. And you gotta go, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, Wes, wait a minute. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. It is so simple and easy and cheap to say, I'm gonna, it makes sense. And here's the crazy thing. Consulting emotions or your own knowledge over consulting the Lord can lead you to unhealthy alliances, which is exactly what happened here. And it cost them part of their promise. People, this is the sad part about pastors. People will make decisions without consulting the Lord. It looks good on paper. And we're, we're not a controlling, we hold everyone like this. Everything, everyone and everything we have, it's like, Lord, you just, whatever you wanna do with it. 
just I love what even Jamaica, what you're saying about like, like giving and things like that. Everything my wife and I, we, we hold it like this. Like, Lord, if you want me to give, you don't, this is all yours. So you just tell me. And if there's not enough, then that's on you. But it just, you get it both ways. But one of the hardest things to see is people making a decision under pressure or under duress. And it may look fine for a moment. But three days later, they'll find themselves walking and go, dude, this was, this was an unhealthy alliance. This was a decision we never, we never should have made. We never should have moved to that city. We never should have taken the job. We never should have left leadership. We never should have stopped leading in kids or connect groups or whatever. We never should have pulled back. We never should have made those decisions. It looked good on paper. But just because something looks good on paper or good in the natural does not mean that it will make the same impact in eternity. They presumed when they needed to pause. When you feel under pressure, you have to take a moment and pause and just say something like, God, I feel the pressure of the world on my business or on this decision or on my life or on my family. I feel like I've got to make this decision right now. I feel like if I don't say something, something bad will happen. If I do say something, something bad will happen. God, I'm feeling the pressure of this moment. When you feel that pressure, sir or ma'am, someone watching online, when you feel that pressure, you have to pause your soul and say, God, I need a word from you because I don't want to make a decision that makes sense to me and that might cost me part of my promise. Your promise and your presence mean too much for me to live by presumption. Why is it that we will do anything other than pause and pray? We will spend 45 minutes doing a poll on a social media, asking people what we should do next instead of pausing for five minutes and just be like, all right, God, this next five minutes is yours. I know it's not as long as maybe I should pray. I know it's not maybe as, as I'm in a parking lot. I'm not even at a church, but God, when these next five minutes, will you speak to me? And we will spend more time pulling our friends on social. We'll spend more time pulling, hey, I got this offer. What do you think? Hey, I got this thing. What do you think? Hey, I'm feeling this way. What do you think? And it's like, just pause, pause, wherever you're at, just pull your car over on the side of the road and say, Jesus, speak to me right now in this Toyota Corolla. Jesus, speak to me right now at this bus stop. Jesus, speak to me right now because I don't want to make a decision off of what I see. I don't want to make an alliance with the Gibeonites when you have given me the land. Pause. Instead of making excuses to not pray, why not make excuses to pray? You walk into church and you see, see a group of saints and the, some, some, some older saints and they're in the corner and they're praying like, you just see them just invite yourself into their prayer group. Yeah. Hey, what are we praying for? We're praying, okay, we're praying for grandkids. All right, Jesus, right now, for all the grandkids right now. Oh, we're praying for nations. Okay, you guys, man, you guys are like real saints. All right, we're gonna pray for nations right now. All right, we're gonna pray for this. We're gonna pray for the pastor. You guys pray for, wow, that's amazing. All right, we're gonna pray for the pastor. And you just invite yourself. Invite yourself to pray. You see some team doing a huddle before. Oh, I'm just going to make excuse. All right. Yeah, Jesus, bless kids ministry today. Yeah, bless them. All the kids that come in. You're not even in kids ministry, but make excuses to get in the presence of God. 
make excuses to ask God for his blessings on your decisions. Instead of making excuses not to pray, just make excuses to pray. Find a way. Because when things get vague, you have to pause and say, God, what are you saying? So I'll tell our people, hey, whenever there's a connect group, a prayer meeting, anything like that, you got to jump in. Just don't miss God. Just, just jump in, be a part of it. I have lost track of how many times I've been surprised by Jesus at something I didn't want to be at. Show up to a group or you show up to a meeting. You're like, why am I even here? And then God speaks to you in that moment. And that little whisper from heaven, like transforms the next two or three years of your life. Literally just transforms but because you were faithful in that moment. Can you imagine if you weren't faithful at that moment? One time I was on a run because I either, during COVID, you either had to like start exercising or baking. And, and I chose running. And so, and also I was like, I'm gonna work out. All the gyms were shut down. And I remember one day I was running and I didn't have like water with me. It was like a hundred degrees out. And I'm running up this hill and it's like a thousand foot climb. There's a little bit of bragging here. And it's like a seven mile turn and I'm running up to the top. And I remember I didn't want to go to the top and I stopped like half a mile short. And I was like, oh, this would be good. And I just feel like God's like, go all the way up. And I'd already turned around. I'm like, no, I'm good. Like, <laughs> like mileage is going to say 6.5. People look it up on the app and I'm like, hey, kudos. I felt like the Lord's like, go all the way up. I just felt like the Holy Spirit, just like almost like a laugh whisper. What if there's a, and this is when we were searching for a building. And we still are if you're watching online and you have a spot for us on Sunday mornings. And I felt like the Lord's like, hey, if there's a building at the top, would you go? And I'm running, and I'm running up there, you guys. And I'm like, Lord, I don't have any water. It's like a hundred something degrees out. And I see this guy drive by and he's getting out. And I was like, I'm gonna ask a stranger for water. Hey man, what's up, bro? It's like no cell coverage because we're at the top of the Santa Monica Mountains. You don't have any like water by chance, do you? And he had like a hot LaCroix. And I was like, I'm not that thirsty. <laughs> and he's like, no, nah, I don't. I'm like, cool. Thanks, man. Like, God bless. Good day. So I run all the way up to the top and I'm running, I'm running back down. And, um, and this other, like this guy was just driving up the hill. He goes, hey! some water <laughs> I laughed I was like I actually do I was literally praying I was asking God for water and he's like yeah my friend was calling me but it was all broken up in the cell cover and I couldn't hear what he said and and like and he said something all I heard was water and black shorts and you're wearing black are you that guy and I go I am that guy and the guy's like here man I, I got he had this whole case of water I'm like dumping water drinking water Here's the deal. We can make excuses to not do the things that God has called us to do, whether it's something silly like go all the way up and by the way, witness to those guys. We can make excuses to not pray or we can lean into those moments and just be like, Lord, I don't know what to do, but hey, we're doing a prayer meeting for kids. Yeah, I'm in it. We're going to a staff meeting. Yeah, I'm in it. It's an online Zoom prayer. I, I can't even grab hands of people. I mean, I'm going to do it. Why? Because I'm going to make excuses to be in the presence of Jesus. Instead of making excuses not to pray, make excuses to pray. 
Invite yourself to someone's prayer meeting. Invite yourself to a connect group. Invite yourself to any time that there's an environment. I bet you that there are people watching this right now. Just find a way. You know, like, I didn't even know I could come on to Find a way. Make a friend. Just, you know, volunteer. Find a way. You say, I'm going to make a way to be in the presence of God. And in my prayer for you, and this is where I'm going to end, my prayer for you is that you will make excuses to be in God's presence. You will make excuses to seek the Lord. And that you will not make unhealthy or unholy alliances that end up robbing you from the promise of God in your life. So Jesus, I'm praying for every single person watching this right now. Wherever they're watching from, God, I pray that your presence would fill their room right now. If they're watching, come on, some of you, you're watching in your car, you're watching it on a computer screen, you're watching on a TV screen, you're streaming on YouTube, maybe you're watching us later, someone sent you this link, like, hey, you gotta check out this church. God, I'm praying for them right now that they would experience the very real presence of Jesus right now in their home right now in their car, right now someone's on a run or they're on a walk and they're listening to this. God, I'm praying that they would experience your presence and especially for those who are that they feel the pressure of the moment that they're in right now. God, would you breathe on them? God, would you breathe on this moment of pause? And I can even see someone, you're, you're, you're running or something like that and you just, you're literally stopping. There's, there, you're a woman, you're, you're listening to this. I see you with your headphones and you're literally just stopping. Your hands are lifted and you're like, God, I need you to speak to me. I'm praying, God, that you would guide your people, that they would not be led by pressure, but by presence. Thank you, God, for this church. Thank you, God, for your people. Thank you for what you're doing. We will pause for your presence. Jesus, whatever you want, however you want, We belong to you. We are yours. We're going to go back into a moment of worship here. And I'm going to encourage you, especially if you're watching this, I'm going to encourage you, just don't jump to the next thing quite yet. Just just pause. Isaiah tells us, it's a prophet in the Old Testament, he says, they that wait on the Lord, and you wait, they just that, that pause, those that pause, those that wait on the Lord, they will renew their strength. Maybe you're watching this and you're like, I don't know how I'm gonna go into tomorrow. They that wait, that pause. That pause. And Jesus, we make no apologies for waiting and pausing. We give you room to speak in Jesus' name.